Hello, I'm Ali Mahan, and you're listening to Churn It Up, the official customer success podcast. Churn It Up is brought to you by Receptive, the leaders in product demand intelligence, helping customer success teams navigate the murky waters of customer feedback. This week on the podcast, I have Rachel Jennings, who is CSM at Assignar. I really love this interview because Rachel found a way to kind of summarize why I started this whole podcast in the first place. And that was, everyone will tell you the why, the what, and the software to do customer success better, but nobody tells you the actual how. So in this episode, Rachel breaks down how she set up a health score system and she gets way down into the nitty gritty. There are a ton of resources on our notes page. She gives us a health score matrix spreadsheet that she uses. You can take a copy of and share. She also breaks it down on a LinkedIn post, kind of all of her recommendations. So I definitely recommend checking that out. In order to access that, just go to receptive.io and click on the resources tab and then find podcasts. And for a little while, it will be the top podcast listed on that page. Just one other quick note before we jump in today. I wanted to thank Global Revel for putting a good review up on the iTunes store. They said that Turn It Up is a really insightful podcast with a varied set of topics and guests. So thank you so much for that positive review. And if you have found Turn It Up useful, I'd appreciate a positive review on the iTunes store from you as well. So that's it. Enjoy this conversation with Rachel Jennings. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your role as a CSM and kind of how you found yourself in customer success? Yeah, sure. So I uh, was the first customer success hire at Assigner and employee number seven, if we're moving precise there. And um, my background previously before starting, this was my first jump into the world of SaaS, actually, uh, when I came on board 18 months ago. And prior to that, I had worked in customer relationship management for personal development events. (laughs) Um, So very, very different, but uh, I would manage up to $2 million worth of clientele, around 100, 100 customers who paid, you know, anywhere between twenty dollars to $250,000 a year for personal mentoring. Um, so, yeah, I, I have done a lot of, like, heavy relationship management on a personal level in that sense. Um, and so I guess I was attracted to this role because it had to do a lot with processes and solving problems um, and also, like, helping people run their business better. So, yeah, I had no idea what SaaS was until I walked in the door, um, but definitely loved the environment and, like, the pace that we're growing at as well it's very exciting to be a part of that sounds amazing so what is your um what does a signar do yeah so we're a b2b SaaS platform for construction um businesses uh, we're an operational tool so we kind of sit between the project planning stuff and the accounting software so basically our customers work in highly regulated environments and they need to make sure that everybody and also all their equipment that's going to site is compliant and basically ready to work and so we have a mobile app that the guys use out on site that talks back to web-based platform um, and they're able to capture things like all their safety forms which is previously done on paper is done through the app Um, or like timesheets as well is captured through that so really just optimizing all of those paper-based processes and keeping it all in all like a one digital system um, as well. And it's quite an interesting space because um, construction tech or constru- the construction industry is like the second least digitized industry in the world. Um, so there's a lot of paper, a lot of manual processes. Um, so dealing with a lot of change. Okay. And who are the, who are your contacts at each of these companies? Like who are the, your champions? 
Yeah. So that really varies on, um, I guess, the type of business that decides to purchase a signer. Um, anywhere from an operations manager to um, an accounts manager for like, you know, finance side of things to project planning. Uh, they're called allocators. Typically, they're the people who are scheduling out all of the, the men and the pieces of plant. Um, all the way up to like the CEO, CFO as well, making sure that like the business is, you know, running well. Okay, cool. So tell me what like a project that you've been working on recently has been, and then we can kind of talk about that in more detail. Sure. So one of the things I guess I was tasked with at the start of the year was um, kind of creating a way to score our customers or know which our customers are healthy and which are not. And I guess because of where we were at, we had, I think at that point, 60 or 70 customers with all varying things. And it was very like going off, oh, never heard from it in a while. Like, you know, there wasn't a m- much process or thought behind um, the, like the way we were, I was managing the accounts and knowing like, okay, yes, this customers like, okay or no, they're not, they need more attention kind of thing. Um, And there's no visibility around that either. So we, I was tasked with coming up with like a health scoring system to be able to then analyze across the board where all our accounts are at. Um, Just put in a lot, it was quite a a process to go through. And it also is benefit because now we're like six or seven months down the track of doing that every month. And it's just really helped know where to focus um, on a monthly basis and trying to move towards proactive customer success rather than reactive. Although, you know, it's, it's defining the balance between the two. How did you start researching and how did you decide, um, what approach to take? I'm really, really curious on which metrics, um, you ended up settling in on and how to decide which metrics. Cause you can really, there's just so many things that you can use to gauge, their health and how do you decide how do you prioritize what's actually important and how do you learn that over time and kind of keep it updated so yeah I've got a lot of questions so just tell me kind of how it all started so um it all started I'm actually just going to bring up I went through a whole bunch of processes but I I got feedback from our CEO saying you know I want to see more about like what account where accounts are at basically um and then so then I went to Google as everyone does when you don't know things (laughs) um and I started to Google like you know how to score or how to do health scores or um, and there was a lot of content online about what it is and why it's important for you for you to do it in your role and the benefits of having it in place Um, but I really struggled to find the how online Um, everyone will tell you the why the what um, the you know all of that kind of stuff all the software that can do it for you but really like the how do you actually come up with one is kind of the part that I was like, damn, this it's really hard to find stuff on this. So I guess the first thing I did was go like I did I read basically anything I could find on customer health scores. Um, I found Gainsight's blog really really helpful. There's a lot of really good content on there. Tatango as well was also a really good one. I found I read everything on their blogs religiously. <laughs> about it and then I'm trying to think of where else I went basically anything that was on the first two pages of Google that came up when I typed in like how do you create a health score or what is a customer health score and it took me you know all over the place and I was like okay I have a really good understanding of you got to put customers into segment of scores and you know you really need to define like what the score means and but then it was like okay so 
what I found was really helpful was to sit back and ask a few questions before diving into like, what are we going to measure and how are we going to measure it? Because as you know, there's so many different metrics that you can come up with. So I guess like the first question we asked was, do you know the health of our customers? And the simple answer was no, we have an idea and that's very like intuition based, but we didn't have a data driven answer. And really like data is king because it really shows you what's actually happening. <laughs> and so that was that was probably the first thing. And it's quite an obvious answer. People who don't have a health score in place is typically the answer is no, we have no idea. We're just guessing. So I really wanted to take the guesswork out of that. And then the second thing is like, okay, if we put a health score in place, what does that actually mean to us and our department? And so for us, it, it was helping us assess whether a customer is at risk or whether they are healthy and moving towards what we call a sign of champion status. So, I mean, our end goal, obviously, in customer success is for every single customer to be a champion. Um, but, like, the day that happens, I would, I feel like big tick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's always, that, that's always never going to happen. Yeah, that's, you know, never, <laughs> that's never going to happen. I think you can retire when that happens. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of the the first two questions I asked. And then the third thing I asked was, what do I like? What do we define as a healthy customer? So for us, um, a healthy customer was somebody who you know used our product at least five days a week because you know business, so they'd be operating business days. But we have customers who also operate twenty four seven, so at least they're logging in. And then they we saw data being fed between the app and um, the dashboard. So there's like four or five key habits. That our customers will do every day that shows that they're healthy. So we have people that are submitting things and creating things in there. And then the other side of it is, are they engaged with us? Is another thing like, do they give us feedback? Do they talk to us? Do they provide testimonials or participate in case studies, stuff like that? Because uh, that's a big indicator because if they're ready to tell everybody, like tell the world, we love your product and we think it's awesome, then that's obviously a great indicator that they're a healthy customer because somebody who's at risk might not, they might love you, but at the same time, don't think they're going to stand there and they're not going to take that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then on the flip side of that, so once we kind of got a good, like, okay, that's what a healthy customer looks like to us. We also were like, what's an at risk customer and that there's a lot more variables because not just one thing will say a customer is at risk either, but typically it's like a reduction in their usage. Like it just drops or it slowly starts to drop of like key elements that they, key modules that they use. They're having too many support conversations with us or they're having none because too many could be they don't actually, they need more training and none means they're like they're, they're not speaking up. Uh, and the silent ones are always like my ones are like, ah, oh, are they actually okay? I don't know. Unless I know like they know the product inside out and, you know, we spent a lot of time training them and they're in a life cycle stage of retention, then I know they're good. But the ones that are adopting and not speaking, I'm like, oh, I don't know if you're actually healthy. They have low survey scores. So like when they do MPSs and um, give us feedback in that way, they score low or they just stop giving us references, like references or not wanting to participate in things. Um, Also, like if payment billing, you know, becomes an issue as well, like the credit card can't like stops something like that. Um, that's also an indicator as well. And then, or a combination of all those things is obviously a big red flag. That's kind of like what we define as an at-risk customer. It also depends on the type of business that you um, are operating in. So like for us, for example, I would say we're a, a medium to high-touch software, like 
in regards to there's a quite a it's quite a beast of a software as well so there's a lot of relationships that occur and it can take time for people who are not familiar with using software quite a while to wrap their heads around it so there's quite a lot of training and stuff required um but we're trying with ux to try and you know make it a bit easier and user friendly as well at the same time so and then the last question we said well what do we actually want to measure and that's always a hard thing because like you can measure everything and then like there, there could be a lot of elements, but we tried to keep it to like five to 10 things for ease because we found that everything fell into those like buckets because you're like, oh, I want to track this metric and that metric. But then you found that like when you list them all down, so a great thing is to like write everything you'd want to like, you'd want to make up a health score. And then you will start to notice themes in the in the type of metric it is. And that way you can put the metric into like a, a category as such. So then what we kind of did was after we kind of asked those questions, we got clear about clear about that. We then decided it'd be a good idea to break the score from a type of overall health score of zero to 100. 100 being like they're super healthy and obviously zero being at risk. And then I broke it into five kind of categories and I color coded them. Cool. <laughs> I like color. I find that helps. Nice. That's for sure. Um, so zero to 20 was like, you know, at risk, they're going to churn straight away. Um, 20 to 40 were they're slipping into to churn category. And then like 40 to 60 is, you know, they're, they're, they're yellow. So, you know, they're, they're pottering along, but at the same time, it's kind of like they might, they can either go up and they, or they could either go down. Um, so you, that's, um, that's always an interesting space to work in with customers because you, it can easily go either way. So the, I always put those and go, I want to work with you because, you know, they're kind of in the middle of going into churn status or moving back up. So there's almost a lot, the most opportunity in that category, isn't there? Because they could. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I find that that's a really good way to work proactively with customers um, in that space because you can really go, look, you're not using, like I can see you're using this feature, but there's a much better way you could be doing this. Whereas the people who sit in those lower categories, there's a lot more relationship management I think that needs to occur because there might be a communication breakdown that could cause that. Or there could be an internal shift. Like some things are out of your control as well at the same time. And then your 60 to 80 are like they're they're moving up towards champion status. And then our champion customers sit between 80 and 100. And what's really interesting, I'm now at a point where I'd like to take this and put it on a user level as well because we have users that sit within a customer. So it'd be cool to see which of our users are champions in our customer that we might not know about. So I'd love to be able to engage with those people. And then there might be other ones that used to be, but have lagged. So that that's what I'd like to do. Like the next phase of this health score is take it on a user level because we kind of have that two level element of our software. And then the next thing I kind of did was break up, how are we going to weigh our metrics? Because that's the, that's the tough part, I feel. So the two things I did, I broke it into two things. One was product. And I, we gave it a weight of 60% because at the end of the day, people are buying a product to use. So that I felt should have a higher weight. And two was the relationship because at the end of the day, you're dealing with people. You know, if you build a really good relationship with them, like this week, I think because I've built such a good relationship with a lot of customers, it's definitely helped some tricky situations I've had to deal with. That way, it's definitely made the situations a lot better being able to know them and having spoken to them like almost like every week for the past year. 
that, that definitely um, has some weight as well, I feel, because you really start to know them as people. It also reminds the customer that behind the platform they're using are people that want to help them. And I know at software, that, like in the SaaS business, that can be very disjointed sometimes. So it's trying to, I always try to have a slight conversation outside of how do you use our program to learn more about them, to just have a, a touch point with them as well, which is, you know, always nice to make them feel a bit more loved. <laughs> In the product kind of, and I have written a, a post about this on LinkedIn. So in the product scope of things, we broke down into like five sections. We might change this in the future, depending on how our product also changes. So, I mean, we're always reviewing these things of how, how can we be better with it? So we decided that there would be bugs and then there's like issues that people experience. And we look at those as two different things because a bug is like, obviously there's like something might be broken in the software and an issue could be like, we're having trouble implementing this module, for example. So that I like to look at them as two different things because they're not related. Um, so they have their own weight. Um, and so we did those two. And then there's like how much are they adopting the product? Um, because, you know, releasing new functionality and new features all the time. Are they using those and adopting those? Um, and then also helps when you have new customers, how they're adopting that as well. And then usage and support are the other two. So usage for us is a really tricky one actually to, to track because we have a few different, different use cases. Some of our customers use everything the designer has to offer and some of them might only use one or two things like our form or our timesheet section, so or our compliance. So you have to kind of take those customers who bought it for a specific pur- purpose. Right, they can still be healthy even if they're just using it for that purpose. Correct, because if we fit them in the in the bucket of using everything, they would flag massively at our risk. When they're not, they're speed to just use what they're using and, you know, maybe in a year's time, which happens over time, they're like, oh, we, we actually want to start using more of this. It is an interesting thing. Um, so, yeah, we kind of have customers who sit in those two kind of areas, like specific module usage and then everything as well. So that's the uh, – and we kind of know who those customers are when we're doing our, our score as such. And then on the relationship side of things, we have obviously like – NPS scoring. Another one we have is engagement. So by that, we mean, are they referring other people to us? Are they being a reference customer? Because I guess in construction, people like to talk to other people who use the software. So we, we give them, we give them our customers to chat to, which obviously we ask our customers first. Are they giving us testimonials or are they leaving us reviews on, on softwares like Capterra, software reviews, things like that? Um, or are they participating in other marketing activities for us? So that's like an engagement one. And then we have expansion, but we haven't really looked or scored off this just right now because I guess we haven't really, we're still working on the, I guess, expansion piece of our software at the moment. But we have it there as like a one to look at, like are there opportunities to expand the account or upsell is the other thing that's keen because that means they're growing their business and therefore they're going to grow their account with us. And then the last one is financial because I think at the end of the day it's really important to also score off that component because, you know, they're they're paying for our service and that's important because I think somebody who doesn't pay is a, like, it's a lagging indicator, which is a bit controversial in, like, the CS world, I think. It's like, do you include that, do you not? But that kind of is how we how we go off that why is that because it's unrelated to kind of 
the actual success like it's it's like a different department um that kind of manages that yeah 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 because we don't really deal like in our roles as such so much with money conversations we don't really do renewals uh either so we kind of want to keep customer success managers as such seen as like consultants and people who are here to like strategize and work through issues you're having and then go like I want to get this outcome how can we do it using a signer that's kind of where we want to keep customer success kind of sitting with them and we're going to build a support team around like how do we do things kind of element as well so that's kind of like our thought behind that so yeah because I know there's like a lot of things about should you have CS managers do upselling or renewals or not or have a renewal team so like you know there's a whole bunch of things around that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so I'm actually just going to open my health score template thing that we created. So when we did it, we didn't. We actually don't have it in a automated process right now. So it's very manual and it's based off us like going to a lot of different places to get the data. Um, and at the moment, we're exploring customer success platforms to be able to um, feed all the data into one place and automate it. Um, we first wanted to do it manually to just make sure that it it was going to be right for us. That's perfect. Yeah, that's one lesson um, that I've taken away from like un- past interviews is you got to have that stuff set up before and doing it manually before you buy a buy a product to do it for you because otherwise you'll just kind of get carried away and in, in the software and not actually think about the basics. And I really like the questions you asked at the beginning as well made me step back and kind of think about, okay, instead of jumping into the metrics, you've got to ask those questions at the beginning. Do you know, like basic question, but it really makes you think about it from a different perspective. Do you know the health score uh, or do you know the health of your customers right now? Like that's, that's genius. Yeah. Cause you want to like, so you want to solve your problem of you want to know how healthy your customers are, but at the same time, it's like, you got to take a step back. Like I want a customer success platform now, but at the same time, I, I know that trying to like get one now is not going to be a a good long-term strategy for us either. So it's all about like constantly asking the question of when you're looking at each different platform, because everybody has something different to offer, is this going to solve our short-term pain and our long-term pain? So it's trying to find the balance is the hard part. And yeah, we've spent a lot of time over the last six months really refining our processes, including this one. Um, But I think it's always a constant evolution as you know, your SaaS uh, business grows and changes. Um, you always need to be constantly reviewing how you're doing things and questioning, is this actually the best way? So now we're at the point where like, okay, health scoring does work. Um, it helps us work with accounts. But now we're at the point where we want to automate that whole process and not have to go to all these different data points to, to be able to generate a score. So that's kind of the point that we got to, which is great because – think if we just went to a software straight away we would have not got the result we wanted but I wanted to quickly run through some of the metrics if you're wondering like how we get our scores so with each of like so I went through bugs and adoptions and all of that um, we score them out of five so one is bad and five is good and then so with the different percentage makeups then you use like just a simple um, in excel like sum or like, and then you divide so you, I found that I've given everything in the product space a, a score of 15% to then make up 60% of the total score. And then relationships got 10% weight to make up 40% of the score. So, so for example, I'm going to use bugs as a great one. So 
bug metrics are if they get a score of five if they didn't experience any bugs for months. And we're able to track this because we log all of this stuff in Intercom and at the moment in Salesforce. So when they call in emails or stuff like that, we're able to easily be in Intercom, we tag it. Um, so we can go into tags and have a look. And yeah, so that just helps us being able to look at the account and go, okay, did they, like how bad or like, you know, not that we have lots of bugs issues either, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> uh, it's just good to be able to see like, is this what's going on? So yeah, zero bugs is like score of five. A score of four is one to two bugs. Uh, three is two to five. Two is like five to 10. And then a one is like 10 plus. And I use exactly the same amount with the issues because I think it's basically the same kind of thing. They have no issues or they might have one or two issues um, or they might have a lot of issues that month. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons why people have issues. <laughs> no, but I'm noticing most of the issues are around education of how our product actually works. So it's then coming up with, you know, education strategies to kind of fix that. Um, problem you start to see as you probably know things come I find that things come in waves with our customers (laughs) like when one starts experiencing one thing I notice that others do too so it's 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 very nice to be able to kind of see the bigger problem there and fix it so on a like engagement metric for example I like to track who attends our training webinars and so if they don't if nobody from their company attends a training webinar that like month and I run one every second week I try to do them weekly but it's actually yeah. better and I'm able to provide better content if I do it fortnightly so if nobody nobody tends they get a they get a one if like they have one to two, three attendees then they get two if they have three to five then they get a, a score of three um, and if they have five to ten they have a score of four and ten plus gets obviously a score of five that's so cool. And then you take the points and turn it into a percentage the, yeah. you know, that makes up the score. Oh. I can, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's just handy to be able to like um, look at that. The harder thing is when you're judging the usage. So I find if you've got a, if you've got a software like Mixpanel, for example, which allows you to track like usage trends and stuff like that, um, that really helps you be able to make that judgment. Um, so yeah, it just depends because I know there's a lot of different platforms how you should be able to track those kind of things. And those usages were set up by our engineering team before I came on board. So it's actually been quite helpful to be able to go into Mixpanel and you can actually see on like a daily or a weekly or a monthly basis whether that, that usage is going up or down per customer or across the board as well. So that's really handy. That is interesting because you could just do, it just needs to be as simple as up, up, down, or steady, doesn't it? And then you give it give it a score and, and add it in. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to be able to automate that based off feeding data in through an API from our directly. That will be amazing. And yeah, because when you've got like I've got I manage I think 40 something accounts. Um, scoring can take you know half a day. You know you don't get I don't get to do just that for a whole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you decide which accounts to score and how often do you update them? Yep. So we do them uh, the first of the month for the previous month. Um, so typically, yeah, around the first. So either, you know, if that's a weekend, then it might be the third, for example. And so typically what I do is I'll open Salesforce because I took this. Originally, we started doing it in just a template on Google Drive and Google Sheets because that was easier. Um, and then I built out in Salesforce a very simple, like, 
formula and like module where you can just put in a number and then it'll give you a total score and the date. And then obviously use a report and dashboard to chart that over time. I have the formula, which I can share with anybody if they ever want to know what I did because it took a while to work that out with uh, Salesforce. (laughs) So that was good because before we just used to put them in three different spreadsheets um, and then we're like, and then put it in Salesforce and like, okay, this is like, we used to log it in Salesforce as an event. Um, and I was like, this is just, no, we're not doing this anymore. So I took the time and put it into Salesforce, which um, just skipped two steps for us, or <laughs> well, two spreadsheets essentially. And then the report would generate from Salesforce as well, which, you know, it's great because you just build that out. Do you use Salesforce? We do not use Salesforce yet. A lot of our customers do. Okay, interesting. We're actually looking to move away from Salesforce our sales team have moved sales marketing operator HubSpot now. Did you move from Salesforce to HubSpot? So not for the customer success side of things. So okay. at the moment, customer success is still is in Salesforce, but because you know marketing and sales operate our HubSpot, and I did explore HubSpot, but they're like, yeah, we're not a CS solution. Like we just don't do that. We just do marketing and sales. So I was actually grateful they were very like clear about that, um, and didn't try and sell us on it. <laughs> Um, nothing is more frustrating than being sold of software that's not the right fit. So now we're exploring getting rid of Salesforce for customer success and having us just a CS-based platform. Moving to a platform, so okay. Just that. Um, we might go back to Salesforce when we're bigger and, you know, we see the see the benefit in it. It's just, yeah, it, it's, we just found that, like, what we want to do in our role day-to-day, Salesforce isn't actually the right tool for us. Um, that we found. We more just want to be able to see what are our, what are we going to do. Interesting. I think the final question is what's, what has this done for your company? Having the health scores, what was it like before and, and what's the difference now? It's helped me have a more process approach to customer success. I felt before that I just was going here, there and everywhere and kind of being pulled at the demands of my customers rather than taking a step back and looking at the accounts and being like, okay, these are the ones that actually need help. I'm still going to help the ones who are like screaming for it, but um, I want to work with these ones to, to get them using more. It's also created more visibility as a team to the rest of the company. So that's really handy because, you know, everyone knows that we're really busy, <laughs> But uh, at the same time, it's like the visibility of what we're actually doing Um, and being able to say, yes, these accounts are actually healthy or no, we're trying to work on getting these customers, you know, into a more safe zone. And then if needed, having to talk to product or, you know, to sales about it as well. That's so cool. So at the beginning of each month, you can tell your CEO, we have this many customers in this category, like this, this amount of revenue is at risk of turning this month. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if he's like, well, why are they at risk? And you can kind of go into like, it could be our fault. It could be because of the product. It could be because of them. Most of the time, it's a mix of all those things, depending on what's happening in that, that account. So yeah, that's kind of, it's definitely created a lot of visibility and just knowing like that's, that account's okay. Yeah. That's really, really <laughs> cool. I'm, I love all of this. Um, I'll definitely put a link to your LinkedIn post in the show notes cool. so that people can find that. Um, do you have an example of, of the, of your matrix anywhere? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll share a template with you. I have a Excel template awesome. actually. I'll share it with you. Um, and that's just to make up the individual score kind of thing, like to like the one to five to give you the total overall score part. So that's, that's always handy. I think that's, I think that's perfect. So what I'll do is I'll put all your social media links in the show notes so people can find you there. But just, um, just so people know here, like where can people find you on social media if they want to find out more and ask you questions about how they can set up a a health score? Yeah, sure. So, um, feel free to contact me via LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Rachel Jennings and probably the one only customer success person called Rachel Jennings in Sydney. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, but I know my name's very common. So that's why I said in Sydney. In Sydney. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm happy like people to contact me and ask me any questions that, that they have or that they're struggling with in terms of health score or just customer success in general. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It was really great talking to you. I've learned a ton. No worries. Happy to help. So that's it for today. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just email ali at receptive.io or tweet me at ali Mahan. Thanks and have a great weekend.